Hi, and welcome to the Virtuosity Project podcast. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'll be chatting to you each week about all things CrossFit, motivation, life, a little bit behind the doors of a CrossFit affiliate, and anything else that we think might provide you with some education, uh, give you a little bit of entertainment and some inspiration along the way. So thanks for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes through the Apple Podcast app. Uh, That would help us out a great deal. Leave us a review, give us a rating. We would really love that. And please share this with your friends. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Virtuosity Project. Lisa here coming at you for another week. Um, This is episode, technically episode 12, but we'll call it 13. Uh, because I can't count apparently, but that's all good. So I hope you've had a good week, uh, checking in with your habits and your mindfulness and feeling good and where you're heading. A little bit of a different episode this week, I guess. Um, Had a request from one of our awesome listeners, and thank you to everybody that listens and gives feedback through either Instagram or email or uh, directly through the podcast uh, through Anchor. Uh, appreciate the feedback and love the comments, so please keep them coming. And I appreciate you lending me your ears for half an hour uh, every week while we uh, talk about all things mindset, wellness, and CrossFit. And one of my awesome uh, crew, uh, our listening audience, has asked for uh, some feature stories on each of the coaches here at CrossFit 4504 and their backgrounds and what led them to coaching. So I thought, well, we'll start with me, I guess. Uh, clearly, it's I'm not going to interview myself. I'll just talk um, through a bit of my story and, and maybe you'll get something out of that. Um, hopefully, it's uh, worth listening to. Uh, and over the coming weeks, I'll be catching up with each of my coaches to uh, go through a process with them to capture their story and bring that to you. They may well be extra bonus episodes uh, or in addition to our regular weekly episode, but we'll see how we go with that, um, depending when I can pin them down. So it might not be all of us in a row, but I thought this week I would bite the bullet and uh, come at you with a little bit of uh, my story. So I guess let's just start where it starts, start at the beginning. So uh, as a kid, I was a pretty, uh, I was always into sports, loved kicking a ball, throwing a ball, uh, you know, riding my bike, Um, but I wasn't very good at that stuff. Um, I had, I was born with some, uh, biomechanical issues for want of a better term. So I didn't develop fine motor thing skills. So things like riding a bike were difficult, uh, you know, cutting out, coloring in all of that sort of stuff, uh, was very challenging for me. Walking in a straight line sometimes was challenging for me. Um, I remember as a kid, every Christmas, religiously, I would, managed to bust both my knees up, have them all scraped up just in time for Christmas every set of holidays. So um, I still actually have some scars on my knees from that. Um, But I really like sports. I would follow sports um, and I like to play them, but I wasn't very good at them. I tried like netball and ballet, if you could believe that, running and jumping and all that sort of stuff, but wasn't, wasn't great at that. And I didn't develop also the fast explosive fast twitch muscle fibres that really allowed you to jump and run and I still don't have those so that's why there's some movements that are always problematic for me particularly ones that require that explosive power. Um, It's got better over the years but it's still not awesome. 
and riding a bike was really difficult. Uh, like I was late to um, learn that, and uh, but once I did, I was away. Uh, loved it. Loved the freedom of the bike. Um, and as a kid, you know, I probably had a lot of uh, bullying at school for being, you know, one of the more overweight kids, although you look back at photos now and you're like, well, you weren't that much different to the other kids, but it's amazing how at the time the perception is very different. Um, so that was kind of like the story of when I was a kid. When I was about eight or nine, I got introduced to golf, however, and immediately loved it and became actually quite good at it as a kid. I used to be the only girl playing in the in the local juniors out at Roma Golf Club. And, you know, I did all right. Like I used to play with boys and play against them and beat them and and hold my own pretty well. Um, and my mum always tells the story of taking me back to one of the specialists and he was asking about my movement and my coordination and where was I playing any sports. And uh, mum said, well, she's actually really good at golf. And they're like, what do you mean? This kid can't even walk in a straight line. How can she can't throw a ball? How can she stand side on and, and hit something to a target? Mum said, don't know, but she does. So the doctors were like, cool, just keep her doing that and then that's 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 a really good thing. So um, which wasn't bad for a kid also that didn't have any depth perception, couldn't judge distance, and I still don't have depth perception. It's, it's quite difficult for me. But I figured out ways to, to work around that as I got older. So that was pretty much the story of my uh, my childhood um, moving up into young adulthood. So, um, you know, I just played golf and I was quite happy to go and do that by myself. I'd spend hours and hours practicing, um, hitting golf balls. I quite enjoyed the solitude of it and the, I guess, the discipline it required to just hit the balls, get it right, go get them, go do it again. And I'd spend hours on Saturday and Sunday afternoons at local school oval, you know, I'd take my little bag down there that I had with my practice balls in it and I'd trundle off. And um, as I got older, I used to even ride my bike out to the golf club, dragging my clubs behind me on school holidays and stuff if, if no one was available to drive me out there. So that was kind of my athletic background, if you want to call it that, as a kid. I used to hate the school sports days at our school, St John's. Um, it was mandatory for everyone to do the 100-metre uh, sprint whichever year I lined up for, I'm like, well, no, I'm going to come last. Um, so we lined up and bang, off it went, and that would be my only event for the day, so you just hang out with the other kids. But, you know, I didn't – I loved being part of it and doing it but just wasn't very good at it, and that was just biomechanical stuff, um, which, you know, later in life and through CrossFit and, and training is, you know, where some of that stuff has been improved. Um, so – poke through life, basically play golf. That's who I was. I was a golfer. Um, then in, uh, if we fast forward like quite a few years, because it was pretty much golf, 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 that was all it was. Uh, always struggled with my weight, always dealt with weight issues and, and, and trying to get on top of that. It's always been the one constant thing, I guess, I've always battled, um, sometimes more successfully than others, but it hasn't meant that I haven't tried different things. So in 2010, I joined Michelle Bridges' program, the 12WBT, and it turned out to be the most successful program at the time that I'd ever done to help me lose weight. I think in the first 12-week round, I lost something like 20.4 kilos or something like that. Um, and I'd never, ever, ever had a program before that had, had actually worked, and I don't know what made me stick to it. 
I made some really awesome friends on that program, which is, you know, a lot of those girls are still great friends and great encouragers and supporters to this day. Some of them listen to the podcast, which is cool. So a shout out to those girls who are always the first ones to pat me on the back or say well done. Um, and so it was through the Michelle Bridges program that I started, uh, you know, exploring more things and I started running because, I mean, to be honest, everyone in the program was running. There were fun runs and it was this and that and I was like, oh, well, I guess everyone else is running, I'm going to run. And I'm not biomechanically meant to run. I have weak joints. I had a knee reconstruction in 1994 and because of my biomechanical issues, my joints were never the strongest but, you know, I got in and gave it a crack. Um, I found running really difficult. Um I would have a lot of negative self-talk and my head wasn't a very pleasant place to be during a run. Pretty much if someone had said to me what would rattle through my brain, um, you would punch them pretty solidly. But uh, I pushed on, did a lot of running through that. I guess um, my proudest achievements in running were uh, the fact that I did the city to surf, managed to run up Heartbreak Hill and I did the the King of the Range run in Toowoomba, which starts at the bottom of the Toowoomba Range, which is the Great Dividing Range, and ran all the way up the top to Picnic Point. So if you've ever been there, you will appreciate that's quite a steep mountain to run up. And they didn't close the highway. It was about two degrees. I think I cried all the way up. It was pretty miserable. Did my groin partially on the way up. But I refused to get in the traffic control vehicle or the police car, and they just idled behind me as I toddled my way up the hill. Um... So, you know, I have achieved a couple of things in running that I'm quite pleased with, but, um, and for a time when I was in Sydney for work, um, I had a run coach I was working with, and the sole purpose of me having the run coach um, at that time was just to get better at running for CrossFit, because by that time I discovered CrossFit. But um, I, you know, continued to work at it, even though it's difficult and challenging, um, I kept doing it. But as I progressed through the Michelle Bridges, I discovered that I liked lifting heavy things a little more than I did the running. Um, and I had read Commando Steve's book talking about CrossFit or his experience in CrossFit. My interest was piqued. I was seeing a PT at the time and he said, oh, I can do some of those things in my back shed, um, which, you know, it wasn't all tire flipping and, and stuff as I later learned. But um, eventually I looked into it needing, you know, someone to push my butt up here, having a trainer up here. This is like mid, uh, <clears throat> early 2011, I guess for, for a time frame. So I found a local box of which point in time in, in Brisbane, there weren't that many of them. And there was only a couple on the North side of Brisbane. So I went to CrossFit Northside, which was over at Redcliffe there, uh, not around anymore, but, I loved it from the first moment I walked in the door. I was like, I had turned up to all sorts of Les Mills classes. I had turned up to, like, I loved RPM classes, but you go to the gym, a traditional gym, and, like, nobody really talks to you. The girl at the front counter only knows you because she swipes your card and your little photo pops up. Um, and I always felt like I didn't fit in, that I didn't belong. But the first night I walked into that, that CrossFit box, and I still remember it to this day, um, I walked up their little side driveway bit and I was nearly going to walk out. I was like, oh, and they were doing shuttle sprints or death by, as I learnt later, death by 10 metres or something. And I was nearly going to walk out and the coach, James, stuck his head out and called me by name and I was like, oh, well, busted now. 
better go in. So I went in, filled out my waiver and waited for the, the class that I was going to to kick off and I was away and I loved it at the first class and I said to him, oh, yeah, I'm going to join, you know, that's all done. So that was the start of my CrossFit journey and it was there that I met one of I've been lucky enough in my um, journey through CrossFit to work with some amazing work underneath some amazing trainers and have them work with me. And uh, Adam was my first trainer there who I worked one-on-one with. I, I was always a big believer in getting some one-on-one sessions and working towards, um, you know, specific goals. And I, I wanted to learn this new thing because it was cool. And um, I remember learning what I now know to be a kettlebell snatch one night and I couldn't even lift the eight-kilo kettlebell to the high pull position. I couldn't pull it to my ear. I was like, hmm. They gave me a light dumbbell, but I was like, I want to get better at this. And Adam approached me one day and he asked, um, you know, what my goals were and introduced himself and I was talking to him and he he offered me some one-on-ones, so I jumped at that. So I used to go and work with him once a week and he was an awesome coach for me and, you know, would always check in with me and and I'd never worked with a trainer or a coach that, or you know, a PT, I guess, back in the day that did that really and I was um, – kind of I liked having that interaction and that accountability and that's and he you know now as a trainer and I look back on some of the fundamental lessons he was teaching me like when he's trying to teach me how to clean I realized he'd used just about every cue and teaching trick in the book to try and get me to clean and I couldn't do it um and now that I know all the the cues and the the teaching cues I'm like wow I was hard work to teach how to clean but you know I got it through practice and uh, his continual helping me with that. So I enjoyed those classes. Um, I did go to Sydney for about 18 months for work. And while I was down there, I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to not train anymore. I just got into this new thing that I loved and nobody else was doing it. Everyone was doing, um, you know, running in 12 WBT and they're doing things. And I wanted something that was just mine. So CrossFit was just mine. I was about one of the few people who were doing it. I guess, in the 12 WBT, and I kind of liked that because it wasn't something that everybody was doing. I didn't want to feel like, you know, it was something else that I was doing that I was really bad at compared to everybody else. It was kind of my thing. And uh, I remember before I went, Adam said, all right, for our last workout together, we're going to do the CrossFit total. Didn't know what it was. Um, So I did my first deadlift one rep max, and we got to 100, which was exciting. Um, I think I did a 27 and a half kilo strict press and a 70 kilo back squat. Uh, and now that back squat wasn't, you know, fully to depth because I couldn't squat to depth, but it was pretty um, mind blowing for me that I did that. And once I did that, that day, and I remember that, and I had the photo and the video, I was like, you know, this is lifting heavy things. This is where it's at. And, you know, he used to have me flipping tires and hitting tires and, kettlebells and skipping and all sorts of stuff I remember the first time I did double unders and I thought that meant because I was taking two jumps for every spin of the rope that that was a double under turns out not Um, and I was excited one day when I finally started skipping faster so I didn't need the second jump so it's all those little things that I picked up and you know I just loved the the people I trained with I was always last back in from the warm-up run I was always you know last to finish some of the workouts and seriously modified but I loved it you know I loved the fact that I could walk in there and people greeted me they seemed happy to see me the coaches were always you know friendly and helpful and and answered my 
endless questions and it just made me feel like I was, you know, belonged to something and somewhere where I fit in and it didn't matter that I didn't have the cool shoes or wasn't wearing all the Lorna Jane gear. Like I could just wear my comfortable shorts and shirt and that was, you know, good to go. I think I used to even train in my old favourite polo, oversized polo shirt for a long time and that was fine. Like nobody even looked twice. And, you know, I made some friends there um, who I later started coaching with um, in later roles. Um, when I was in Sydney, I started at CrossFit Parramatta, which I loved. I had a really good relationship with my coach uh, down there, Sam, and that became a bit of a, a haven for me. Um, I knew that no matter what was going on in uh, life in general, I could rock up there, step on the mats, and and it didn't matter what was happening outside. I just had to listen to my coaches and uh, and do the work and everything else would be all right. And I loved that time there and I loved that box and, you know, it was a cool crew and we, we did some awesome things and I really, again, for the first time, for one of the first times I came into an environment and I felt included and I felt that I had friends and it was a completely new thing to me that people were like nice to me for no other reason than I was just part of the crew. And um, that kind of took a bit of adjusting to me because that wasn't something that I had a lot of. Um, and then I moved to CrossFit New Beginning, which was at Castle Hill in Sydney. And that's where I met uh, my coaches, Matt and James. And I started some one-on-ones. I was having one-on-ones with Sam at Parramatta. And uh, I really progressed well, particularly through the 12 WBT. I was trying one particular round to, to really go hard and to win. And I was having one-on-ones with Sam. And we had a milestone workout we would do every four weeks. And these things were brutal. They were pretty tough. And every four weeks I would beat the time and I'd feel that little bit of pressure wasn't going to beat the time that four weeks. And, you know, she would check in with me and say, okay, well, I'll tell you when you're having a rest day. And sometimes I'd do two sessions or I'd work out with a boxing PT of a morning, kind of that thing, just totally focused for about 14 weeks on getting to that goal, which I did and I came second and that was all lovely and exciting. But after that I had to go, okay, well, what do I want to work on now? And working with James... Um, he was a great coach for me and he is probably one of the greatest coaches I've ever worked with and under. Well, not I haven't worked with him as a coach, but he gave me a lot of confidence and belief. Um, he helped me learn how to strategize and move better in workouts, uh, helped me a lot with mobility and just general confidence. And I love the New Beginning crew. They were um, such cool people. Again, just, you know, CrossFitters, man, they just – we all hung out and the girls welcomed me and I hung out with the guys and it was just good, good, uh, solid people just wanting to be better. Um, so that's, you know, my basis, I guess, in CrossFit uh, to get started. And I remember saying to James one day, he'd asked me to set some goals and I said to him, I said, oh, I've got a really dumb thing, so don't laugh. And he's like, no, I won't laugh. What is it? And I said, I think one day I'd like to get my level one, not to coach because, you know, people like me don't coach, but just to have it, to know that I got there. And he said, people like you coach. He said, you've got a really good eye for movement. There's no reason why you couldn't. And he said, no, I think that's a really good goal. And he sent me the link to the level one manual and I started reading it. I had no serious intention that I would actually sit it at some point in time, but um I thought I might, but, you know, I didn't know when. I didn't have a time frame on it. But that kind of started me learning about all things that are CrossFit. 
So fast forward a little bit um, that I came back up to Queensland as my contract had ended and I started training out of CrossFit North Lakes um, because I knew the owner and uh, one of the coaches, uh, Jodes, who had worked out of um, – she'd been one of the members at CrossFit Northside and I was training there doing some PT stuff on the side for my own business and uh, Belinda, the owner, at one point sent me an email and asked if I was thinking about getting my level one because she was looking at a new coach and she really wanted it to be me uh, for a variety of reasons. And I was like, um, okay, I'll just go book that in, I guess. So off I toddled, found the next level one course, which was a couple of weeks away, and uh, and booked myself in, which was pretty um, daunting up the study Um and really, you know, put my head down. Um, you know, I'd, I'd had some experience at, you know, getting thrown in the deep deep end coaching a couple of like uh, beginner sessions for her when the box was busy and had no one to cover it and had me running that um, or doing my PT thing. So I, I loved it and I enjoyed it. So I thought, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And she thought I would make the grade. And it's very good. It's it's an amazing thing when someone has more confidence in you than you do, which I guess is the role of a good coach, that they, you know, give you the belief to go out and do that which you think you can't do. Um, so toddled off, got my level one. The level one was really difficult for me. Um, again, with my, uh, you know, biomechanical issues, squatting is problematic my knees and hips just don't work the same way as somebody else's. And I had a bit of a bumpy start on day one. Um, and, again, I was the biggest person in the room and felt self-conscious about that and uh, had to be modified and scaled. And one of the trainers didn't make me feel really awesome on day one and really made me feel that I was totally uh, inadequate for the word. And I realised she was scaling me, but the way that she went about it just made me feel like, you know, I wasn't keeping up with the crew and it was – in a small group thing, and I was like, nah, that's it. After day one, I was like, I'm out of here. Um, but came back the second day and had a much better experience, uh, sat my test and waited, and next thing I know, I passed. So that was kind of my journey into coaching. It happened really quickly. It wasn't something that I'd sat and gone, yes, I, when I started CrossFit, I want to be a coach because I genuinely be, believe that, you know, coaches are these lean, muscle-bound people that can do every movement and are, and are amazing athletes, and that's what I believed. But, you know, in talking to a lot of people, particularly James and, and other mentors I had, it's, it's you know, they pointed out to me it's not that you can do the movement, it's that you can teach it and you can help people progress to the movement. And, you know, given that I've scaled a lot in my life, I know certainly know the progressions and the scalings. Um, you know, I've got no dramas about teaching people a muscle up or a double under just because I possibly will live my entire life and not do a muscle up and that's okay um, but can teach the movement and help people understand the progressions and why you do certain progressions and why certain steps in the movement are important so that's been you know uh, I think an important learning for me it took me a long time to feel comfortable as a coach it took me a long time to feel like that um I didn't have to justify why I was a coach or um, always, you know, impart all of my knowledge at once um, and be comfortable with with where I was a coach. And, you know, I had I had a lot of ups and downs when I started coaching. Um, 
it's a little bit different to like my guys here. I've, I help them through a coach development program and try and teach them all the things that I never got taught at the start so they're not just thrown in the deep end and have to learn some hard lessons on the fly. I try and um, cover that stuff off and make it a bit more gradual but I had to learn as I went and some things I did really poorly and some things I wish I could go back and change but you can't and you have to learn from it and moved on. But, you know, I was always trying my best to be the best coach I could be and my goal for, for coaching was to, you know, just give people the experience that I'd had where, you know, you're there for you and that this coach believes in you and is going to help you get to where you want to be and that you'll basically do whatever they ask you to do because, uh, you know, they're guiding you in the right direction or where you want to be. So that's kind of what was my philosophy, I guess, when I when I started. So I worked at that affiliate through its various iterations and then fast forward um, a couple of years or 18 months later, I guess, I the owner wanted to uh, get out. So she offered me uh, the, well, the equipment and what members were there uh, if I was interested. So kind of freaked out a bit at home, um, lots of up and downs, and uh, we made it happen uh, somehow. Uh, we had a very short time frame. Didn't even know where we were going to live. Didn't know how we were going to do it. But we pulled it together and on the day that I had to open, we opened. And a few days after that, moved into the shed where we currently occupy. At that time, we were a CrossFit New Beginning 4504 because the boys from Sydney were helping me out with some back-end stuff and helping me get started without me having to set up everything from scratch and giving me a bit of advice so maybe I wouldn't make too many uh, painful mistakes, um, which is good. So I started on that journey and uh, just started. And every day I woke up with the mindset is, you know, how do I not fuck this up today? How do I make this better? How do I make the people better? How do I make myself better? How do I make this work? Because all my eggs were in this basket, you know. Um, my husband was working hard at home uh, at his job trying to, you know, basically being the adult and having the adult job while I ran off and did this and it's I've got to make this work. This is where all my eggs are, um, you know. The alternative was to go and get a, uh, a real job, uh, which I knew that after – you know, 18 months of out working for myself and being flexible, I'd probably make the world's worst employee if I had to go back and sit at a desk and tell someone where I was every minute of the day. So that's been my driving force. And and knowing that I have, I could have bought the equipment in the affiliate and I could have set up closer to home. I could have set up somewhere completely different. But I had a group of members who was going to we're going to come with me. They put their faith in me. They'd only know me as a coach. They didn't know if I could run an affiliate or not, but they thought they'd give me a crack. So with this merry little band of misfits, I guess, um, I was determined not to let them down and repay the faith because I knew that they needed the space. And even, you know, when times have been hard here uh, and and difficult during that growth phase, um, you know, I always look back and go, there are a lot of people who rely on this space as much as I relied on the space when I was, you know, a member of like New Beginning or Parramatta, I relied on that space and I needed it to be there. So for me, it was about, okay, well, I can't let them down and I need to keep my doors open and I need to keep providing this space. 
because those people need it. And I know that, you know, over time, you know, people will come and go, but all I can focus on is the people I have in front of me at that time and, and, and make decisions based on what I think that those people want and need and do the right thing by them. And that's always been my, my driver. So <clears throat> I embarked on this journey not knowing, thinking, you know, yeah, I, I, I remember saying at the time, I know I could run a bloody good affiliate and I know I could be a good affiliate owner and I was determined to learn from the lessons I'd seen of previous affiliate owners and I wanted to bring the best of all the good affiliates that I had worked with, um, that I'd been part of, into one space. But I was totally unprepared for it, as you always are. Um, a lot of the stuff that comes up, you're like, didn't see that coming. Um, and really tried to, you know, dig dig deep into it and learn as I go without making too many costly mistakes and, and you know, apply what knowledge I could learn or find or source and uh, really make this our space. And I wanted this to be a space where people could come. It's their safe space if they needed to have a little breakdown or if they just needed to come and just sweat it out and, and go hard for a day, then this was a place for them and have some high fives, have some silliness, have some laughs, and that's the space I wanted them to be. All right, we're going to have a teeny tiny little break. So you'll hear a little interlude here. And then I'll be back with uh, the rest of my uh, coaching story. Okay, thanks for hanging in there if you hung in there. Uh, we'll continue. Uh, why I had to do that is Anchor has this weird thing that you can record for 30 minutes. And normally I keep my episodes to 30 minutes, but today... Seems to be a long one. So I hope you're still hanging in there. If you are, thank you. If you're not, all cool, peace out. Um, go about your day. It might not be a story for everybody. So as I was saying, opening the affiliate, totally not prepared, um, but waking up every day with the best of intentions. And again, I made mistakes. I pissed people off. Um, didn't make many friends, you know, but that's okay. I just did what I had to do. Um, and learnt as I went, and if there was something that wasn't great, then it was kind of like the attitude, how could I have learnt, what can I learn from this interaction, what could I have done better, um, could I have done anything better, could I have changed it, saved it, solved it, um, and I've also had to learn over time that, uh, you know, as I said a little earlier, people will come and go, I've, I've, I'm very blessed that I've had some people with me from the start, and I'll have some people with me for many years to come who started after and, and I'm deeply grateful for that. But you will have people come and go and, and I had to learn that you can't live and die by that. You can't um, sit in a big hole and 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 be sad about it for too long. Like I feel every single person that, that leaves me, I reflect on that, what could I have done differently? And you do feel as a coach some element that you may have failed them, that there's something you weren't providing that they needed or wanted. Um if they've left under less than ideal circumstances, it's like, okay, what could we have done? What could I have done differently? How could we have done it better? But always looking at, at that and but learning to to balance, I guess, that that sense that you've failed somebody with, you know, everybody's on their own different journey. They want different things at different times and, and all we can do is be the best we can for them while they're in our care and we can't be everything to everyone and I've had to learn that um through some uh, reflection and some mindfulness and, and learning that, you know, I'm not 
for everybody and everybody's not for me. Um, what we do here is different to other affiliates and that's okay. Everyone's going to find their own place and their own journey and the people who are meant to be here will be here and they'll stay and the people that need us will find us and that's kind of my attitude going forward. So five years on, almost, will be five years at the end of October, which is uh, pretty exciting. I remember when I first got the lease and I had to sign a 15-month lease and I was freaking out because I'm like, wow, 15 months is a really long time. What if it falls over? What if this? What if that? And, you know, here we are five years later, a couple of leases later, and, and it's okay. And um, we've definitely grown a lot from those small beginnings. I think I had like 25 members, I think, when I first opened. And numbers go up and down over time. But it's the people who are in front of me in the moment, you know, that, that that's they're our family. And I really wanted to create a community where people could feel like family. And I always refer to the members as our family, not just clients or members. They're our family. I genuinely care about each one of the people who are in who choose me. Um to help them get to wherever it is they want to be, whether they're here for a short time or a, or a long time. You know, I have genuine care and concern and sometimes it might not come across that way and people find me a bit hard sometimes and I've had to learn over the years how to soften a little bit and because uh, I've got kind of a tough nut exterior, but, you know, once you crack that a little bit. But, um, you know, I generally care for them and their families and their kids and if I can do something to help someone here or make their journey a little easier or a little smoother or, you know, take care of them in some way, then I'm the first to put up my hand and do that. And I see that very much as our role here and not just because I get paid for it. Um, you know, part of it is um, doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I remember one of the Greg Glassman quotes, which I'm probably going to completely bastardize, which is, you know, doing the right things uh, for the right reasons and, and the right things will and the right good things will happen. And that's kind of my attitude is sometimes it pays off and sometimes you get rewarded and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's kind of just shoved back in your face. And that's okay. Everybody's on a different journey. I don't question anymore. I do things freely without expectation. And I'm just trying to be uh for a start the best coach I can be and then the best leader for our community here and the best uh, leader for my team of coaches, uh, not even a boss and a manager, just a leader to try and help smooth the way for them and let them be the best they can be because my goal is they should be better than me if I'm doing my job properly. All my athletes should be better than me. Um, you know, I shouldn't be necessarily the best at anything here except being the best affiliate owner I can be and developing and guiding and nurturing and caring for people. And, again, I'm learning how to do that as I go. Um, I don't necessarily have all the answers in that space, but I have some very good people that I talk to and some mentors, mentors who can guide me in that. And in my own personal development, which, you know, to be honest, has taken a back seat, um, you know, to rewind a little bit, 2013, 2014, I started powerlifting, uh, got into it quite competitively at the end of 2014, went to the GPA world titles, was lucky enough to win a gold medal in my uh, weight class for that. And that was in the midst of all the affiliate being bought and sold and moving and stress and my training went a little bit out the window, but I, I turned up and did the best I could on the day and that's what I've always done. 
Um, but then, you know, I kind of gave that away because I was like, well, everything has to go to the affiliate. This has to be the priority. This has to work. I have to build this. It has to work. It needs to take my time and attention. The people need my time and attention. And so I didn't give myself that time and attention. And, you know, that's reflected in my stress levels and having adrenal fatigue and uh, all that sort of stuff, weight gain and just not having time to train and, and it getting too hard. So in the last six months, I've really put the focus back on doing things that I need to do for me because I, I need to be, if I'm going to be that good leader for my people, uh, for my staff and for my, uh, you know, community here, then, you know, I need to to do some of those things that are hard and put myself out there and make those things work. And, you know, that includes me getting into a training cycle, um, getting back into golf, working with you know, a coach for my nutrition and my mindset around food um, and that's dealing with a, a lifetime of, of stuff around that and, you know, I'm finding a way that works and is working for me and being consistent with it and learning how to manage my stress better and actively doing those things so that my community can see that and I'm quite, you know, transparent with them about the things I'm working on. I mean, I can't hide my weight. It is what it is. Every photo and video we put out, there it is and I put myself up for people to, you know, judge me aesthetically, which I'm sure happens um, out there in the lovely world of the internet. But also when new people come in the door, you know, they will make that initial judgment on me and that's okay. But hopefully through the experience that I can give them and, and discussions we have, that doesn't matter as much. But I still need to address that and that's what I've been doing. But that takes time. And, you know, the affiliate still takes time. You know, running an affiliate, I've been quite open in saying that uh, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done, but it's also the hardest thing I've ever done and the most soul-destroying thing I've ever done all at the same time wrapped up in a ball. You can have a day where, you know, you get an amazing text from a member about something that their kids have said to them, which is something that they've picked up in here or, you know, um, something that they've done and that they're, they're working on at home or, or whatever and it's changed their family's life to having someone think you're a complete asshole, and, and basically tell you so in, in no uncertain terms. And it can all happen in one day and it can be a whirlwind of emotion and it's been learning how to, to manage that and, you know, not be up and down. Um, you know, we've gone through some really hard times here um, and it's just learning how to, you know, dig in, buckle down and push on and, to make it work because, you know, failure is not an option for us um, here. And I say us, for me and my team and, and the members who rely on this place to, to keep them sane and help their families connect and, and have something in common and to unite them. And that's, you know, that's why the doors are open every day. Um, you know, that's, that's why I get up every day. Um, I had an experience actually very recently in the box where, member came into class it was a very small class um and she was like visibly upset by some you know drama that she'd had at home and she had looked to see who was booked in the class she knew the other two girls it was like a this is this is her people her crew she still came and we were talking before the class and she was all you know upset and we we're all like oh you know it's really shit what can we do we wiped the class. We went and had coffee with her because that's what she needed. She didn't need to come in here and sweat and, and do 60,000 double unders and, 
you know, that, that would have served a purpose for sure. But in that moment, our, our little community or a micro, a micro um, organism of our community, that tiny little group, you know, embraced her in that moment and cared for her. And I was part of that as well. Um, and I could have been hard. I said, no, 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 you got to train. You'll feel better for training. That's not what she needed. That is absolutely not what she needed. And we all recognise that. And you know what? We went, we had coffee, we had a lovely chat, uh, had some food, you know, let her get it all out. And, you know, the day goes on. But, and it made me realise as I was reflecting on that, A, driving there, but B, um, heading home afterwards thinking that's why I open the fucking doors every day. You know, that's why this place is here. If that just saves one person or makes their day a little better in that moment, and our community can pull together and they can feel that this is family, um, that's why the doors are open and that's why I've pushed through the hard times so we can have those moments um, to, positive, to positively, if I can get my words out, positively impact um, somebody when they need it most. Now, let's just be saying that's not an everyday occurrence where we just wipe the class, but in that moment it was a perfect thing to do Um with the other two people who were in the class, it was just a perfect moment in time. And to sit and watch this group embrace her and care for her and, you know, want to give her that space and the fact that she could come here and do that, I was like, amen, like this is what I do. This is why we do what we do. And I'm not trying to say that I'm a, a martyr or I do stuff better than anybody else. I'm not. It's just my intention and whether or not sometimes it's apparent to people or whether they pick up on that, my intention is always that, you know, this is a place, this is your safe space, this is your home. And if you're feeling frustrated or not motivated or you've got anxiety issues or family issues or, you know, kids, dogs, cats, all that stuff, you know, the community will fold around you and they will lift you up. And I've seen it time and time again. And for the people that embrace that and let it, it's truly a rewarding experience. Now, not everybody's into that. Not everybody wants to come here for that. There are We have members who just want to come and train and get sweaty and go again. Awesome. Thank you, baby Jesus. They've enjoyed their day. They've come, they've got what they wanted out of it, and they're out. And that's cool. We don't need, you know, not everybody's into the, you know, got to connect, but they're still getting what they need out of it that day, and they're getting the release in their own way. So we try and provide that space that you can get what you need out of it. So five years, um, you know, where are we, I guess, looking to from here is like personally, um, you know, I'm my level three is on my high priority list. It's been on my priority list for a while, but I've bumped it up a little bit now because uh, that's something I want to do for me. Does it matter to my members? Not really. Does a new client coming in go, oh, I'm going to go to that gym because she, she's a level three? No, because they don't understand it. But it's something personal for me to feel like that I have gone through the process of educating and um, learning to be the best that I can be and that's exciting to me and that's something I, I really, really, really want to do and I will make that um, a priority to get that done in the next uh, period of time um, and that's a daunting process as well. It's quite a extensive process and uh, involves going to Sydney for the test and studying the vague test the vague study materials where it could be anything and everything but I think I just need to back my knowledge and back my experience and uh, 
give it a red hot crack instead of sitting and talking about it all the time, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know where else from here. If you have any uh, questions or you think I missed something or I completely bastardised or completely misrepresented something, feel free to let me know. I don't mind. Um, or whether it was boring. Um, but I hope it's given some of our you guys out there a bit of an insight to who I am. Um, I guess on a personal level, you know, I like to have fun. I've made no secret of the fact I enjoy a good drink and some laughs and some live music, and they're the things that keep me sane. There's, it's actually today I was driving down the highway uh, to go to my golf club and pick something up. I had Kiss blaring loudly on the stereo, cruising down the highway. I'm going to see their final concert next month, which will be, you know, deeply saddening to me that they're not touring anymore. But, you know, it's pretty good when you can do that. And those sort of things make me happy, those simple moments um, when I take the time to stop and recognise them. So it's not all effort and struggle. There are good days. We have some crazy times in here. We have some laughs. We have some fun. Uh, I've got a couple of classes which are irreverent at best. That's the best way I can describe them. But, you know, such genuine um, people that I'm blessed to be surrounded with every day. Uh, there's not a member in the affiliate that would come to a class I'm like, oh, not them again. We've got a solid family and I'm grateful for every one of them. So to those of you that listen, thank you, team. Uh, we'll have a big fifth birthday in a few weeks. Um, but I'm blessed to have them in class. They all bring something different to our community and we go in this big melting pot of awesome. And every single person is working on being their best selves and, and all I can do is provide the space for that to happen and then watch the magic unfurl like we did with that um, – and I said that to those members involved with um, one of our crew who was upset. It's like, I just provide the space. You guys bring the magic. You guys bring that specialness. So super happy to have that and I'm super blessed to have that. And I wouldn't do anything else as much as I threaten at times. And I've probably gone home and said to my family about a thousand times, that's it, close the doors, I'm out, I'm done, can't take any more. They just nod and go, mm-hmm, yep, okay, cool. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you don't do this anymore? Because then you're going to be a miserable cow sitting in an office hating on life, which is true, and they don't want to put up with that. So, you know, every day you get up with that focus. How do I not fuck it up? How do I be great today? How do I be better than yesterday? How do I give um, to this community of people who give me so much? How do I give to my team? And uh, we just keep kicking on and we keep kicking goals. So we may be little but we are fierce and we fight on. So thanks for listening. If you're still here, some uh, nearly 50 minutes in, um, appreciate your ears. Uh, please check us out on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. You can email me at thevirtuositytproject at gmail.com.au. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, super grateful for all the coaches who've had a part in, in me being the coach I am today. So there's little bits of you in me. Um, and that's a good thing or a bad thing from your perspective. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and to our community, we'll see you in the box. And to everybody out there who listens, keep, keep being you, keep being mindful, keep focusing on what you want to do, and uh, anything is possible. Hey team, Lisa here. Thanks so much for listening to The Virtuosity Project. It really means a lot to me that you guys give me half an hour of your ears each week. 
If you like what you hear, please feel free to jump across to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review. Um, That helps to get us showing on their content database and also appreciate um, your feedback. And and thank you for those who've taken the time to email me or let me know how you've gone with the little weekly challenges I throw out or any ideas for guests or topics. That would be great. We are trying to organise some guests. So um, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week.